1: What's going on, everybody? and Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Meringue, Brandon Sprigg. Uh, it is Thursday night here, December 1st at 7.30. We're supposed to go at 7, but uh, I had a million things to talk about with Brandon because, uh, well, I've been mostly sick and still recovering. Um, hopefully it's not long COVID, but I'm still getting the crap kicked out of me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh we're, we're, we're back at it. the blazers uh unfortunately have lost back-to-back game seven of their last eight they now stand at 11 and 11 on the season the sky is falling mm-hmm. uh our pet our, our our pets heads are falling off uh it's just uh the worst possible scenario dun 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 uh it's not, but uh, we'll talk about why it's not and and where things are, and we'll just kind of go from there. So uh, before we get going, remember, uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. We just crossed forty four hundred subs on the channel. Our uh, quest for five thousand by the end of the year. So if you can uh, subscribe, help us grow, uh, share us with your friends, share us with your family, do all of the things. You can find us on social media at Danny Bering, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack ramsey's Email the show, Jack ramsey's gmail.com Brandon Sprague, how you doing, buddy?
2: Uh, I'm great. Uh, if for people that were really curious, uh, behind the scenes look, this is exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, man i I <clears throat> thought panic would hit at some point. I didn't. I didn't think we'd get to 22 games and the world was over. Now this team is done. Put a fork in them.
1: I mean, it, it feels like that's a little bit of the case right now. Right. What Chick
2: Hearn say? The Jell-O's jiggling.
1: Yeah, it's the the fear is in the eyes of so 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 many people right now. That's funny to me. It's kind of funny to me,
2: man. Like I, I, I we have a lot to get into, but we do. Um, we we get
1: a lot of questions. Uh, it's not really a mailbag show, but like we'll kind of yeah. talk about some of the stuff that uh, everybody kind of want wants to get into. Um, I've I've got some notes that I think will make people pause at least a little bit as far as like. The freaking out? At least a, sure. At least I think a little bit.
2: Sure. What well, freaking out are we talking about? The injuries or the play?
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. About, okay, great. Basically, why come Christmas they have an opportunity to be just fine?
2: I mean, it's December 1st. We have 24 days. You said this. You, Sean Heiken said this when he was on the pod. By the way, Sean's been killing it at the Rose Garden yep. Report. Go check out some really good pieces by him. Um. You guys said it clear as day. This team's hoping to be at 500 or very close to 500. Right by Christmas. They're at Christmas or they're at 500 is in 24 days. I'd count the games here in a second, but like they, they still got a shot. They're going to go into every game with you going, they could win this. Right? Like, despite what they're dealing with, the injuries, the inconsistent play from some of the guys, they're still going into these games with you thinking they can win this. The Clipper game, you're up 18. They blew it. The Laker game. It was, it was right there. LeBron couldn't miss. When Russell Westbrook hits a half-court three-pointer, it's definitely not your night. When Bron so, goes six
1: of eight from three and Russ is hitting half-quarters.
2: And Austin Reeves is playing like LeBron used to play. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's you're, you're not going to win those games. But they've got one coming up on Sunday. I think that they should be able to win that one, although we're, there
1: are we we're, we're, we're matchups. Win, win. So, no, no, we're going to play some win-loss here in just a second. Because I But I, 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 I want to do a little exercise with you just to okay. see where you end up without having looked at it.
2: Yeah, I I haven't looked at it uh, today, but I just I'm just saying like I still think they got a shot to be right there at 500 around 500, and see where you go coming in the new year.
1: So we're gonna play a little game here real quick. Yep, we're gonna play the schedule game that everybody yep. loves to play. Mm-hmm. It's America's fastest growing game show. Did it did did it did. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the Portland Trailblazers have until Saturday. They play the Utah Jazz, so perhaps they get a little healthier. Although, uh, again. Having seen Josh Hart walking out of the game out of the locker room uh, or into the shower uh, following the Clippers game, uh, he was moving worse than I do.
2: Well, that's, that's pretty bad, and that's saying
1: something. Yeah, uh, he was riding that struggle bus big time. Yeah, but the Butler Trailblazers just finished up their little little two game road trip against the Jazz on Saturday. Immediate has immediate reaction: win or loss.
2: The Jazz, yes, uh, win.
1: Okay they come home and they take on the indiana pacers on sunday on a back to back but it is the pacers at home
2: uh there's some matchups i don't like tight win
1: okay then they have 3 days off after sunday's game monday tuesday wednesday they get that much needed rest and they take on the denver nuggets loss okay then day off game on friday against minnesota timberwolves minus cat uh loss okay a day off, and they play again against the Minnesota Timberwolves minus cat.
2: Are we assuming Dame's back, right? Dame's is back he comes for the game on Sunday. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we're we're assuming that. Uh, win. split with Minnesota,
1: usually split these series games, right? Yeah. Okay. Now they're going to embark on a six-game road trip that will take them up to Christmas. They will. Their last game will be on this, on the December twenty-third. They yeah. play against the Spurs. Win. okay. Against the Mavericks. You can call it a loss.
2: I I think they're going to play him well. Uh, I'll call it a loss, though. Okay.
1: Against the Rockets. Win. Okay. Thunder. Win. Thunder again. Win. Ooh, doubling up. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then finishing up at the Nuggets on Friday. Loss. Okay. So. You just picked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins. You just picked them to go seven four of their next uh, next eleven? Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Is it eleven games or is it twelve games?
2: You got the schedule not
1: made. Okay, there we go. Perfect. Okay. So that's 11 games. Okay. You picked them to go 7 and 4. Which if, would make them 18 and 15. Is that above 500?
2: I believe that is 3 games above 500,
1: Daniel. All right, ladies and gentlemen, did you hear it? <laughs> they win! They're above hey, 500.
2: Hey, hey, hey! Hey, hey, hey! What was your record?
1: Uh, one more loss? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I went six and five.
2: Okay, that's fine.
1: Because I don't have I don't have them doubling up on the Thunder.
2: Oh yeah, that's fine. it's two
1: series I... games; they're playing relatively well. Like Shea has been an absolute nightmare to deal with.
2: Shea's gonna absolutely destroy them. There's no doubt. Lou Dort's probably gonna score twenty points, but I still like it.
1: That's fine. But I mean, you look at that group of games. Uh, I want to highlight this. I, I called it out on Twitter earlier today uh, from the Jack Ramsey's account. Uh, the Trailblazers have played the most difficult. Scheduled to date.
2: I saw this, by the way. This was a sneaky good find by you.
1: By a substantial margin.
2: And they've been one of the more hurt teams in the NBA.
1: Yes. As far as uh, impact losses, as far as up and down their roster, they've been one of the most hurt teams in the league. And they've played basically everybody on on rest disadvantage. Yeah. And been shorthanded. Um, they have played the second, excuse me, the toughest offensive schedule, and the second toughest. I'm sorry, fourth toughest defensive schedule. Mm-hmm. Meaning they face the 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 best scoring schedule in the league, best offense group of offenses in the league, and the fourth toughest defensive roster or, or, or contributions in the league.
2: So, tough as some of the tougher defenses in the NBA and some of the best offenses, good teams overall, bar- banged up as hell in their 500. Yes. Yeah. It's about, I mean, there's honestly, your there's your feel good medicine. I, I still am not sure, like, 22 games in, I'd go back and think about that. I'm still not sure I would have had them at 500 or better at this point. Most people didn't. Like, I'm trying to be honest here. I'm not trying to play revisionist history. When we did this, it's like their first 15 games to me were brutal. So mm-hmm. the next seven after that, I, I don't know. I probably would have called some of those a wash. I don't know. So I don't Listen, know.
1: But, I, I'm not trying to, to to wipe away the fact that they blew a game against the Clippers.
2: No, there's a lot to get into like they, with they, some of this stuff They recently. blew that game. That's, that's Absolutely. The, that's the
1: first genuinely bad loss of the season.
2: I mean, it's for sure the worst loss. I'm trying to think of some of their other losses. I can't come up with another the one. The rest are yet.
1: like You can just kind of go, okay, no, they just they didn't get that done.
2: I mean, for their Lakers loss yesterday, you can say, well, you got blown out by Lakers. Yeah, but they also won a game against the Lakers they probably shouldn't have.
1: Yes, and they also, you know, again, looking at <laughs> what's available, the Lakers, LeBron James and, and, and specifically, going six of eight from three and Russ knocking down threes, Austin Reeves given you what he gave you. Yeah. That's not normal. You're not going to get that shooting luck against that team very often. Right. And so you find yourself in that position where it's like, mm, like the other losses that they've had on the season, uh, the Nets, the Cavs, the Bucks, the first time against the Jazz, the first time against the Nets, the Mavericks, Suns, Grizzlies, Heat.
2: That's it. The Heat are the worst team on that entire run that you just gave us. Yes,
1: and that was like a get right game. Remember, I I jinxed uh, the Blazers with Kyle Lowry and he had his like best game of the season.
2: Well, that was also an early Heat team. Like, what game was that? That was like, was like game, game five. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. Miami
1: didn't know who they were yet,
2: and Portland was still kind of figuring it out too. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, has it? The, the thing that I want to point out here, and again, this isn't this excuse these losses. This is the 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 type of teams that Portland is going to have trouble with. Milwaukee, Utah, Cleveland, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. What are that what are the what is the one thing all of those teams has in common?
2: Oh. All
1: <laughs> they're all big as hell. Yeah. They're all big as hell.
2: What did we say was one of the bigger weaknesses with this team?
1: Still size. Yeah. And you're seeing it. Particularly. When they're short shorthanded. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard covers up a lot of sins. Anthony Simons is covering up a lot of sins. Jeremy Grant is covering up a lot of sins. When you take one of those away, and then you take away Josh Hart, and you take away Nasir Little, and you've got Justice Winslow playing on one leg, and you've got Jeremy Grant playing on ankles that are so taped he can barely move. It starts to get real easy to see why things go are going so sideways. Mm-hmm. And again, this isn't to excuse the gaffes. This doesn't excuse poor runs of play. This doesn't excuse the turnovers that they had. Which they have gotten better in that one area over the last two weeks. So there is there is some hope there. Um and we'll talk about Nurk. I already see it in the comments, and we got a bunch of questions about it. Yes, it's it's a problem, but they have more than just a Nurk problem. They have a health problem. They have a consistency problem, and they have a roster construction problem, of which we knew all of those things save the health coming. Yeah, into we season. didn't know the
2: health thing. That's the only thing that's yeah. really thrown a wrench into. And this. Th- that's
1: and I think that's thrown the biggest wrench into <laughs> things of where they stand right now. So. Um, with that, I just want to kind of dive into this from Joey Pushki at Blazor Fan Triple Zero. With the defensive rating falling like it's been doing, is the cause just injuries or is the coach not changing any of the defensive scheme up uh, like Grant on guards? I feel like some nights Chauncey gets out coached, feel like, feel like he doesn't make the right adjustment at times.
2: Hmm.
1: You saw this against the Lakers, Brandon. Chauncey Billups threw the kids out there and said, Fine, you want to see the kids play? Here's the kids. Here's where they're at right now. Mm hmm. And it did not go well.
2: It did not go well. Jabari did not have his best game.
1: Listen, Jabari was in the right places. He did not convert. Mm -hmm. Shaden was in some right places offensively, but he struggled again defensively. I thought Watford had his best game of the season.
2: Watford was good yesterday. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: But you start looking at where they're putting guys. Playing Eubanks more. I thought, I mean, honestly, Drew's dealing with, I guess, another injury. Drew's dealing with a, a back spasm, which is a really fun thing to do when you're playing a, as a big. <laughs> Nothing like so running so up the floor, banging into people with a bad back.
2: I was going to say, when you're six foot eight and you got to go take on Anthony Davis at seven foot, it's uh probably not fun. Bump
1: into LeBron James a few times. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, no, it's a ton of fun. And you're switching up top on guards. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, no, no, go, go ahead and get down low in a stance. Even though Russ uh, Westbrook is a nightmare, uh shooter, he can still, he's still explosive. Like he's, he's also sp- not
2: small. He's like yeah. six foot three, six foot four, like and just strong, strong. As, as strong
1: as hell. Like, again, <laughs> yes. like it's, yeah. it's a problem. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of like Chauncey getting out coached. I, I'm going to do the same thing here. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it 100. As the kids say, uh, and, okay. and be very consistent with Chauncey the same way as it was with Terry. When you don't have the horses, you don't have the horses. Mm-hmm. Asking guys to sit there and guard people that they can't guard, asking Justice Winslow to take on guards right now, asking Jeremy Grant to take on guards right now when they can't move, is not going to work out. Right. I went back and I watched uh, – the first half of the Lakers-Blazers game last night. And one of the big consistent things that I saw over and over again was, number one, the Blazers came out in zone. They were trying to take away their size right out of the gate by covering up, number one, they went with Watford starting and not Shaden, which keyed you into, like, we need to be better inside. Mm -hmm. We need to be bigger inside. We need to be able to switch a little bit more and have a bit more of a presence. That's why they go a trend in there. It also allows them to have additional playmaking on the floor because Justice, even though he's starting, is clearly limited. Okay. So I'm watching and I'm watching and I'm watching. And what they're doing is initially, they're trying to take away LeBron's airspace and making other guys beat them. And you know what ended up happening, Brandon? Other guys beat him. Other guys beat him. Austin Reeves beat him. (laughs) So remember the Austin Reeves, like 12 foot running floater? How could you forget? Okay, so I'm watching that play. It's Jeremy on LeBron, top, you know, above the break, directly out front. And Austin Reeves comes out of the left corner, a little ghost screen for LeBron. Ant comes up, trail, comes up to the level with Jeremy Grant on LeBron James. So now, basically, Ant's on one shoulder, Jeremy's on the other. Reeves is in the middle, looking like he's going to set that screen. It's a little ghost screen action. So it gets Ant to step up.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And... Without knowing 100% what the game plan was, just kind of going off what the film shows me, it looks like that they're going to keep that pressure on LeBron James and take away that airspace and make it difficult for him. And you know what LeBron does? He throws an inch-perfect bounce pass between it and Jeremy to Austin Reeves, who takes it and pulls up for a 14-foot running floater and hits it. What shot do you think the Blazers want to have happen in a given possession? That one. Yes, but the problem is he hit it, and then I'm watching again, Austin Reeves comes up out of the corner on the opposite side, it's a little kick over to him, he drives, Mm -hmm. kind of jumps, flails, spins around, foul on Trenton Watford, gets to the free throw line, and this came out of a, uh, not a fast break, secondary break, where... Watford is the the first one back under the rim. Ant is in the corner, I believe, with Dennis Schroeder. trying to remember exactly who was where. Um, But this was just Reeves putting pressure on the defense and making a play. Mm
0: -hmm. This
1: wasn't, oh, they hunted Anthony Simons in pick and roll. Oh, they hunted Yusuf Nurk. No, this is just a basketball play. Yeah. And this was – sometimes an opponent makes plays. And it's not the coach's fault or – it's not the the opponent coach's brilliant game plan. It's players making plays. And as I'm sitting there watching each play, I'm sitting there going, "Austin Reeves is just making plays, man." Sure. He's, he's putting the he's putting the 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 gas in the play and going. And it was like, "Huh, okay." The problem was, is this fed into the Lakers? This got them going. LeBron yeah. hits a three. Westbrook hits a three. LeBron hits another three. Now AD starts, AD was 7 of 10 in the paint. Most of his misses on the night, 6 of his 7 misses, Oh, excuse me, uh, he missed 3 shots in the paint, he missed 8 on the night. His other 5 misses were outside the paint. Okay? So he was very effective in the paint. AD starts mm-hmm. finishing. Now the Blazers start paying attention to LeBron up higher because he's hitting 3s. And now he's got his strive for greatness pull up going where he <laughs> looks to the crowd. Like he's going to like, looks
2: right at and, it. And then he and pulls, step, up and pulls up and, and yeah, it's it's, step, it's it's yeah. it's
1: the worst, it's the worst fake in, in basketball history. But you know, what's funny.
2: We, I, I, I don't, ag- I don't disagree.
1: It works. It works it's every still, damn time. Dudes, dudes
2: are still like, Oh <laughs> shit. I'm going to shoot it. It's just, you know, it is what ir- it is. Danny, I look, I, I think you're making really good points. All right. But what I would counter with is, for whatever the chat is saying right now, I think what more people are hanging on is the Clipper game. Like, the, yep. those are those are the moments more. So, like, the Lakers, like, you can sum that up quick. Austin Reeves got going early, set kind of the tone. LeBron couldn't yep. miss from Brian the arc. Anthony was, or AD was AD. And if Russ is going to half-court heave a shot and make it, like, you just got to go, all right, ain't our night. It's, it's that,
1: right? not, listen, in 82 games, you're going to run into. Yes, probably eight of these a night, probably 10% of your games. You're going to run into somebody. Lucas hot.
2: Yep. The whole team. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the key contributors, the Clipper game is where people get a little frustrated. And, and, and I will shoot. tell you, and I'll tell you, I look, there's a lot of fingers. You could probably point in that game a lot. I, I, I look at the big guy and I think they're paying a lot of money for you to make an impact. And there was literally no impact in that game. None. But I also – I do I do question. This is where I disagree with you. I do, I do disagree with the philosophy of not playing your rookie shooter at the end there more so than playing Trendon. I get everything you're going to say about the – you don't want to, like, reward him with bad habits. He wasn't great defensively. I, I don't disagree with any of that. I just think ultimately – I think fundamentally where I would disagree is if it's boiling down to Shaden or Trendon Watford – I know Shaden's going to be here in three years. I don't know what the future of Trenton is. I hope sure. he's here. He's a, he's a likable dude, and maybe he can get better. So I just want the guy to get the experience and maybe give Ant more of a, a help behind the perimeter. When they lost Jeremy, they just didn't have an offensive lineup outside of Ant.
1: No, they didn't. And I and I understand what people are saying when they're like, you know, put the floor spacer out there. The Again, again my pushback, like you said, it, it's going to be on the defensive side is that uh, yes, Chauncey, I can defend it. Chauncey was looking for something defensively mm-hmm. because offensively, they were they scored 112 points.
2: Sure. It was like, the, what, 118 they gave up.
1: Exactly. And so he's not worried about the offense. Even even with them struggling as much as they were struggling, he still wasn't worried about it because proof of concept has played out. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very much, if they run any kind of drop coverage, which they were doing, most of the night against Ant. I think it ended up being 26 drop coverage plays and 20 um, either at-the-level trap or blitz mm-hmm. against Ant, according to Second Spectrum. So of the 46 possessions that Ant officially ended, either with a pass or a shot, um, you saw like how effective it was. And if if you want to say this is where Ty out outcoached him, fine that the, they ran to it Jeremy when he was still in the game and they ran to it and they dared everybody else to beat them. Yeah. The counter to that. You can sit here and say, it's Shaden, it's Shaden, it's Shaden. There's not a coach in the league. that's throwing the rookie out there. That's made a half dozen defensive mistakes throughout the game.
2: Also was going into that game to be fair and going against my own point here and struggling from the field. I mean, he, he, he's a bit of a struggle bus.
1: And it's, you're coaching on field. And I
2: think, yeah. I, I think uh, even if we disagree on that point, you, I think you can see it from both sides. Chauncey, look, Chauncey. Also, I can acknowledge. Like, I I was a little frustrated. I did my radio show and I was a little hot talking about that. I was more mad at Nurk, and then I started thinking about that game. I'm like, what the hell, man? But <laughs> like, your coach is never, never gonna about a thousand. Miami's got a roster. And I know Sposter's a great coach. I'm sure he's had a few bad nights already because they're not having a great year. Your coach is never gonna bat a thousand. So, okay, you're gonna have those moments. The Laker games are hard to be mad at anybody. Just it's like they're so they're so hurt right now. Mm-hmm. And 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 you and I said this last or not last year, but I mean we basically were echoing the same stuff on Terry, right? It yeah. was guys, like there's roster limitations here. You don't have very many coaches. How how good have the Spurs been post-Kawhi and Tim Duncan? Yeah, when you don't have the dudes, you don't have the dudes. Pop didn't forget basketball. No. And maybe he'll get a dude finally in the draft, and then we'll go, hey, Pop's still a good coach. Like We ultimately know it, it's down to the Jimmys and the Joes in that yeah. league. So I, I can acknowledge all of those other things.
1: And the other thing about this is on the, the coaching front. So following the post game uh, against the Clippers – the first thing that I asked Chauncey was, hey, you know, Ty came out there in the fourth quarter. I asked him about the coaching changes. I go, hey, first mm-hmm. they're hitting you with the zone. And, you know, they were playing underneath on on Ant, you know, left, right, and center. And Ant was able to just kind of do what he wanted to do. They started switching everything across. And they put Nick on him. And Ant wasn't all of a sudden with two defenders, one trailing, you know, Ant got blocked twice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nick got him once. And I think uh, Musa um, got him once, if I remember right. Uh, earlier in the fourth. The change there from Chauncey, he didn't talk about the offense. What right. he talked about was Norman Powell got to his right hand whenever he wanted.
2: Yes, he did. Norman Powell over and off.
1: over and over. No matter who was on him, mm-hmm. whether it was Jeremy, whether it was Justice, whether it was Ant, it didn't matter. And he he ended up going with Nurk. Trying to get something, trying to get some rim protection. And they couldn't stop it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Norm just balled the hell out. Yes, he did. 22 in the quarter. What was he? 8 of 10 from the free throw line in the quarter. He just cooked. And sometimes it's like, yeah, you're trying to take thing away, away something from a guy. Some There's some nights guys just won't be denied. For all of right. this, here's the thing. So, did Ty Lue out-coach Chauncey in the final eight minutes, but Chauncey out-coached Ty Lue in the other 40? Because Anthony Simons was getting whatever the hell he wanted for 40 minutes.
2: Look, I mean, some of some of this, I, I think we 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 really zoom into some of this stuff a little too that, much. That's, right? that,
1: that's my point. It's like, the I think micro... You can have a, is, yeah,
2: yeah, no, no. But the micro is what people hold on to. And mm-hmm. so the micro for me would be what? Playing Shaden over Trendon... But also acknowledging, too, Ty Lue didn't toss Norm Powell Michael Jordan's secret stuff.
1: No, no
2: like, Norm just went out there and hooped his ass off. Norm just balled out and had himself a nice little revenge game. He did. And, and so did and, Cove Ant, to another extent. And, and as good as Ant was that night, Ant, a lot of his production came prior to that. And then in the fourth quarter, they're like, we're going to bottle you up. Yeah. And you're looking around, you're like, is anybody going to step up? This goes to my original point, though. Mm -hmm. As much as I disagree with Chauncey on that, Danny, you're paying $70 million for a dude to be an impact player. And he's had how many games where you're like, oh, like yesterday I didn't even know he was playing. You didn't feel any of that presence. And so that's my numero uno problem during some of this stuff because I'm sure he's dinged up in some ways. He's a big, but... Like, there's a lot of dudes down right now. They need him to be special. They need him to be the Bosnian beast to win some of these games. And you're just, you're not quite getting that.
1: No. He has had, let's see, God, six games of the field goal percentage above 55%. Mm. Like, that's, that's rough, man. Yeah. That's rough. The one thing where I think he has been better, maybe not sold as well as, he sh- as, as we maybe should have, is he has been sold on the glass. Mm-hmm. He's had double-digit rebounds in 10 of 19 games.
2: Hold on, hold on. I See, this is a little bit of a misleading stat sometimes. Do you feel like he's been good on I, the glass, or do you feel like the, some of these rebounds are dropping in his tiny little... Area and he's, he's he can't yes. help but grab. Th-
1: there's part of that you to can,
2: it. yeah, you can feel an impact when yes. somebody's dominating glass.
1: And he, I think he's probably had three or four games where you felt him actually like dominate the glass,
2: sure, absolutely,
1: which is not as much as you're hope for.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. If you look at his, he's had what five 20 point games. Again, we're not looking for Nurk to be a 20 point a game guy, but I kind of look at that and go, it's kind of his barometer of like. The big Nurk impact Knights, right? If yeah. you're and if you're looking at double doubles, he's got. Let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I thought I was counting a little bit further, but uh, he, he has seven.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Seven of nineteen games are double doubles. That's not great. <laughs> And again, the double double is not an end all be all, but like when you're talking about impact, especially for a 7-footer. Yeah, and you're it was like, well, he's averaging like 15 and 10. It's like, well, he's averaging 15 and 10, but his impact isn't quite as <laughs> as great. Yeah. And listen, I I've got a bunch of people mad at me cuz I've been beating up on Nurk and I'll I'll be honest, I don't care. He's been very bad for stretches. And to to your point of impact, I looked at it earlier. He, his uh, finishing rate is second worst in the NBA among bigs. Mm -hmm. The one place he is shining is he actually, on his post-ups, he's actually um, relatively good. Let me pull it back up and put up the old synergy. Um, At last look, he was in like the 70th, I want to say the 70th percentile. Um, Players, there we go. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, 2022-23. All right. So let's go to play types real quick. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, on post-ups. Uh, oh, it's falling down. <laughs> uh, no, no, Number one, he is number one in the NBA in post-ups. Yusuf Nurkic is number one in the NBA in post-ups. More than Joel Embiid. Say it again. More than Joel Embiid. Okay? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, his points per possession have him in the 40th percentile. For comparison's sake, DeAndre Ayton is number three in the NBA in post-up mm-hmm. percentage. Ayton is averaging 1.135. Yusuf Narkic is at 0. .922. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton is shooting 60%. Yusuf Nurkic is shooting 50%. Yeah. Yusuf Nurkic has a 16.5% turnover rate. DeAndre Ayton, 6.5%. Okay. Not
2: great. No. And you're not great. I just, I don't know what to say about it anymore, man. Like there, there's a part of me where it's like, is it, is it even worth saying? Cause it's. It's 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 a bit broken recordy. It kind of yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at it's like, And It feels I, like I, kicking when was down. Yes, and I I I don't want this to be ever a personal thing. No. Like, I don't know who he is as a person. I just it's it's a lot of this
1: Look, stuff is. I want I wanna, I wanna get this or out or. there. Nurk as a dude is a good dude. I want to make sure that's being said because people I've seen people like, oh he's a, this, that, and the other. Nurk's a good dude. This guy's out here building schools and hospitals back in Bosnia. He's mm-hmm. buying uh what was it a million pounds of grain uh to help sustain food during Ramadan because Ukraine is one of the major grain exporters in the region of the Balkans and they didn't mm-hmm. have food. Like Nur, Nurk gives a shit as a human being. Yes. Like NERC yes, is a good dude. Yes. So I don't I don't want to get it conflated with me being critical of Nurk thinking meaning people think that is a bad dude. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because as a human being, Nurk's a good dude down to his core. He cares. And I I don't like doing this because I, I haven't talked to him. But I do wonder if, I mean, Nurk reads stuff. I'll, I'll, he does. I a wonder. Of, I mean, if, most, most they, guys they do. do, man. They do. Like everybody, do. everybody reads it. I, guys in the locker room talk.
2: They personally. just, they, they skim and they look for their name or they yeah. see the article they about them. Name. And yeah,
1: they, yeah, they, they all absolutely. do. Absolutely. And I wonder if it's getting to him. I wonder if his mortality is getting to him. I wonder if the fact that his leg took, his leg injury took something from him and he knows that he's not who he used to be. And maybe, and maybe some people are right. Maybe he is just content. Maybe he got his contract and he's happy. Maybe he's getting all his post-up touches and he's happy.
2: I mean, hard to be mad when you get that contract. <laughs> four years, 70 million dollars. I see to me, it's not so much even um Yeah, you know, I think the, one of the easier things to do with him is is always, and bigs kind of get this the most though, it's like to say, Oh, you're so big, right? Like everybody projects their self
1: into what you would do is that, yeah.
2: Into being like, if I was seven foot three hundred and eighty five pounds. Yeah. And look, some people would probably do what they say. I, I just think at the end of the day, talking about the best players in the world, and and this is just Nurk. Like this is kind of my point. It's not an attack. It's it's frustration for sure in some nights, in some moments, but it's not really an attack. No. This is who he is. Like I'm sorry, the outlier arrival Nurk. Is the outlier. Nurk fever. Well,
1: the Nurk fever. Post, post injury Nurk has been a different player. It, it's just you, you can but look Denver at the numbers didn't and get enough run. No. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's post injury Nurk,
2: there's pre Blazers Nurk, and like that two not, year period. Injuries, yeah. Yes. The two year period is basically become the outlier. And so it's mm-hmm. like, to me, it's not even an attack. It's just people get mad. Like, that, player, ball. that player He's was like sev-
1: 17, 12, and 4 yes. at like a 60% you know, finishing rate. Like it, did he struggle with finishing at times? Yeah, he did. Sure. But it wasn't as egregious and you got more physical impetus from him. Like sure. you've, that. I think that's the, my biggest complaint. It's not the the flip shots. It's not the hitting the floor or the moping or the throwing his hands. It's that you don't feel Nurk anymore.
2: Yes. You don't He plays, feel his, And I'm like, you don't yeah. feel
1: his presence. And that's, When you're seven foot, 300 pounds and you're the Bosnian beast. He, he just hasn't been a beast. You are correct. I'm, I, I I will say this and you've, you've been there when it's happened. When Nurk picks up an offensive foul, being aggressive early in a game, what's the, what do I say?
2: Yeah. You're not mad at it. Good. At least he's being aggressive. Good.
1: I don't give a shit. Run somebody over.
2: You fouling out like one, one every five games anyway, you might as well.
1: Like, Go get your money's worth, man. Make them feel you. Mm-hmm. If you if you shack somebody in the media back of your arm catches somebody in the back of the head, then so be it. Right. Like I I am a hundred percent okay with that. You absolutely dump truck somebody thinking that they're gonna get a fast break dunk. I'm okay with that. Now I don't want you doing it three possessions in a row. <laughs> And having to go to Eubanks or Watford in the first quarter, like, that becomes more problematic. Yeah. But I haven't felt his presence really this season. And that's, I think, the biggest indictment. Because even in his big games or his big contributions, you still haven't really felt him. If I said, what's what's Nurk's best game this season, can you think of, like, the Nerk game this year? Um... He did. He had
2: one really good game. Give me mm-hmm. a second. Oh, the Phoenix game at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When Ant had the hook in the overtime, he was he was pretty good in that game. Yeah, I thought he, he out. Yeah, he borderline 20, outplayed Aiton. He,
1: he had twenty and seventeen. Yeah, that was a ner- that was a game. That was win. the game when Nurk gave it to me in the post game.
2: Sure, because I because I, I
1: called him because I said Aiton was better than him. Yeah, and that's that's game what like game three. That was of like the game
2: three. That was like game three. game four.
1: It was game four. Okay, and I thought well, maybe we're getting a, a different Nurk. Like, that was my thought. I was like, because I, I asked him in postgame, you know, when you see a matchup like DeAndre Ayton, you know, I said it with a smile on my face, like, hey, here's your chance to go ahead and make me look dumb. Sure. You, you showed up tonight. You won the matchup. But since then, like, it's just. Where have those performances been?
2: Trying to look at the. I'm trying to look through these and see if there was a game I forgot.
1: You know, Houston. To be
2: fair, he, you know, remember, home, he
1: beat the ever living shit yeah. of Alper and Sengun.
2: Twenty-seven and fifteen, he had that. And I remember that game. Yeah, he too. stuffed
1: him in the rim over and over and over. It I mean, was him. It's Garuma. Phoenix in that game. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's Phoenix in that game. He wasn't. I, I'm trying to remember. He wasn't the worst against Memphis. So I'd say those. I mean, those are your three best. Everything else is just kind of like, eh. You know,
1: that's fine. But that—that's my point. What, yeah. Three games out of twenty.
2: Out of twenty-two.
1: Well, he's missed a couple.
2: Oh yeah, touche. Yeah, I, yeah. Sorry. I think he's
1: played. Tw- he's played nineteen. So three out of nineteen. Like you're like you felt Nurk. Yep. And he leads the NBA in post-ups. So it's not like he's not getting touches. Mm-hmm. Like the, the touches that he wants. We all know Nurk wants those touches. So he's getting those looks. And still, it's not – so this is what it looks like. For for those that are wondering where Nurk's kind of shot or play profile falls uh, according to Synergy, right now almost 40% of his plays are coming via Mm post-up. So almost half of his actions are coming via post-up. And that's a very significant change in the sense of that is getting away from so much pick and roll. And part of this has become recently, especially with Dame out, we talked about this, the idea of getting the, like, getting better shots offensively without having another creator, because Ant coming and at, attacking from the top over and over and over again can only be so successful. Right. And so part of this, the change here is like, okay, let's get Jeremy coming out of the corner. Let's get Jeremy posting up. Let's get Nurk posting up. Right? So that's kind of where this, is, this has fallen. Nurk's second most used. Play type right now is putbacks, 15%, 14% at pick-and-roll man, then 10% on the spot-up, 10% on the cut. And on spot-ups, by the way, I I will give my blessing, hallowed be thy name, on Yusuf Nurkic taking a late clock three above the break. That is an okay shot. He takes a corner three, I'm going to break my other leg. Because those corner threes, they, they they're they're awful, <laughs> they're atrocious. Yeah. it's like somebody left the barn door open.
2: I feel like he's not trying to do that as much anymore. I think he's aware, like, hey, I gotta be on the top. Of the not wing. only
1: that, I think for floor spacing, the whole nurk in the corner thing doesn't accomplish a whole lot because teammates their <laughs> opponents are looking at him like, you want to go to the corner? Okay, we're gonna go ahead <laughs> and stay here in the paint. So there's not, yeah. and it's the furthest he has to run back on defense. Yeah. So let, let's stay away from those. I don't want this to turn into the Bash-Yusuf-Nurkic segment. I don't. So one thing I wanted to highlight is I've seen a lot of people talk about, instead of a kind of quasi, you know, Drew's going to kind of catch some strays here. I love Drew Eubanks and how hard he plays. Okay. Do you know what the difference is in um, opponent rim protection? When Nurk's on the floor versus Eubanks is on the floor?
2: Um, I'd, Im- I'd imagine it has to be substantial. Drew is one of the worst defenders on this team by the numbers because of his size deficiency.
1: Okay. So opponents are shooting 63.4% at the rim with Yusuf Nurkic on the floor. Okay. 63.4%. With Drew on the floor... Let me run this Opponents are shooting 65%. 1.6% difference.
2: That's crazy. I would have thought it was at least 4 5%. It or five is percent.
1: not that impactful. Man. And that is my, you do not feel Yusuf Nurkic's presence.
2: If you're not getting, ah, dude, if you're not getting, ah, geez, that's.
1: Oh, but That's
2: making me even more frustrated. But
1: at the same point, neither one of those numbers are good. <laughs> 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 that's the problem. Uh... Okay, and that's shooting accuracy. Let's go to frequency real quick. So, with Yusuf Nurkic... Oh, I'm sorry, I clicked the wrong one. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I, I know the numbers, but that's they're not that, that far off. I need the Eubanks on the floor. Frequency, accuracy. It's actually less. It's not 65%. It's 64.7. Yeah. So it's 63.4 and 64.7. So 1.4%. Okay. The difference between uh, field goal percentage at the rim for opponents with them on the floor. Okay. Now let's flip that over to shooting frequency. We'll go use of Nurkic. This is the one that for me, is more important. If you're seven foot 300 pounds, you should serve as a deterrent. Yes. You should unequivocally, teams should not want to shoot with you on the floor at the rim. The Blazers are in the 25th. Remember, higher is good, lower is bad. 25th percentile of rim field goal attempts with Yusuf Nurkic on the floor. Jeez. 36.3. Nearly 40% of opponent shots come at the rim with Yusuf Nurkic on the floor. Okay? With Drew Eubanks, goes from 36.3 to... 39.1. Sixth percentile. Not, but 3%. 3%. Again, that's a pretty big gap when you're talking about volume. But... Mm-hmm. It's still not that bad. This is a systemic issue. Neither of these guys are serving as, as rim deterrence.
2: Well, one you, of them you would expect not to serve as a rim deterrent. It's, yes. it's, I mean, look, I don't want this to sound awful. You're talking about a third string center. <laughs> I mean, it's like not really a guy that's in a position for most teams to be the straight backup center. He's, he he's he's a fun good player. He's six eight. Yes, he's like six eight and a half, and we're yeah. making him guard seven six eleven, seven one, seven foot dudes. Like,
1: and you're asking him to be, listen be a- if you let him work as a weak side shop blocker where he's got a chance to take a run up. We've seen yes. what he can do. Yes, he's he's a great shop blocker. He's a great shop blocker when he's got the ability to to run with guys. Absolutely, unequivocally. Yeah. He tries hard. He's a red ass. He gets under guys' skin. And you know what? I've seen a bunch of people ask, like, what what is what are what are guys shooting? What are guys shooting? What are guys shooting? So I will pull this up here real quick. Okay. Okay. Uh shooting frequency. Uh me, shooting frequency, not overall. So at the rim right now, Yusuf Nurkic is taking sixty one percent of his shots at the mm-hmm. rim which is good for 67th percentile. It's good. Eubanks is 74% of his shots are at the rim, 81st percentile. Okay? Yeah. Shooting accuracy. Yusuf Nurkic is at 60%, which is the 13th percentile. 13th percentile. Okay? Drew Eubanks is shooting 80% at the rim, which is the 90th percentile. Okay, so Drew Eubanks taking more frequency of his shots at the rim, mm-hmm. finishing more of his shots at the rim, while being four inches shorter and sixty pounds lighter. So okay. it's a tough. It's a tough. It's a, listen again. I don't want this to be like the Nurk bashing hour. I am reading off again. Nurk goes against starters. Eubank goes against well. Eubanks mostly goes against bench units, but, you know, they've gone small. and They've U-Banks gone is, small. There's is, foul trouble. Yes. Let's
2: not sit here and act like Drew's going against
1: all twos and threes no. in this league. It, but I I, I, I railed that back. I was like, you know what? Now that I think about Look, it, Drew's gone against I, quite a few starters. We don't need to apologize
2: anymore. There's no preferencing, uh, no. preferencing here. Like, we, we, we can just say what we need to say, and that's you're highlighting that the numbers are not – they're not bearing out a good result. No. And you know what? This is where, like, analytics and eyeball test meet. It feels exactly how you're saying it it, it. it is. And so I think overall, man, it's it's tough. Like, you want certain guys to play better, and maybe some people want certain guys to get more minutes, and I get it. But, like, you're fundamentally behind the eight ball a lot of nights when you're starting big, who is significantly bigger than your backup big, who's significantly smaller than most teams' backup bigs their productions largely the same in a lot of categories. You're just going to, you're going to fundamentally struggle there. And so you're getting, you know, you're running small ball fives. You're, you're running a lot of guys in positions. They're not normally accustomed to playing. You're relying heavy on heavy, heavy minutes with Jeremy with Ant If they suit up, like it's what makes people go. Why is Shaden Sharp not playing more? We need a rookie to come in and give us 12 points. And if you don't get it, you're like, where are they going to gonna gonna get it from? So that's the, that's the overall, like, that's ultimately what we're saying here. It doesn't have to be a, you know, let's apologize thing. We're just bearing out the numbers. And he, not producing, not producing on the level in which you gave that contract, right? Like, we're supposed to base guys on, on the pay scale. And I'm not mad at, any, mad at anybody getting the money, get the, get the bag. But, you know, there are expectations that come with certain bags. And Unfortunately for him, this one does, and it's hurt him, and it's part of the reason. It's one of the big stories and reasons they're they are who they are right now because they're injured and they're not getting that help uh, from, you know, one of the higher paid players on their team.
1: Uh, I've seen this in here. You don't highlight poor stats for anyone else like you do for Nurk. That's the bias. Okay, so let's kind of go through this real quick because I I, don't, I I do care how people think that that I view people. Number one, I love Nurk. Like, I want him to be good. I love traditional centers. I literally have a, a NERC hoodie right next to me. Like, I I want to believe in NERC. I would the, say
2: based I, on our conversations, people, I'm not calling you a liar. I think mm-hmm. people would have a I know, hard to believe based on what we talk about yeah. when we bring him up.
1: And that's, and that's what I mean. Like, here's the thing about my view of NERC. Part of the reason why I'm so hard on him is because he's not living up to what he not even what he could be but what he should be Mm -hmm. and i get the well ant does this ant does that ant's 23 years old and averaging 24 five and four right now shooting 43 38 90 basically yeah do do you know what kind of a season that is like do i I don't think people truly fathom like that kind of production I, i know i know you do but You can't sit here and go, well, Ant's not doing this, this, and this while also being that guy offensively. That's how the NBA works, whether you like it or not. When you have that offensive burden and you're producing like that, you do get allowed to not be as good at other things. Nurk, if he was giving you 20 and 12, shooting 64% from the floor, being this physical presence, you know what? I would live with him getting a flip shot or two, taking a possession off. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's just not the case. So let's kind of go through this real quick. Because I see a lot of Ant's the worst defender in the league. He's not the worst defender in the league, guys. It's... it's, Stop. The Ant, Hart, Grant, Winslow, Nurk lineup is a plus 8.3. Their offense is the 75th percentile. Their defense is league average at 111. With Eubanks, the offense drops off from 119 to 110. But the defense goes from 111 to 106. That's everybody else the same. Except for Nurkic and Eubanks. Why does the defense get so much better with Anthony still on the floor, but Yusuf Nurkic no longer on the floor? Is it because Anthony Simons is a bad defender? Like, it's because you're not getting what you need to out of Yusuf Nurkic right now. He's not filling his role. Ant's role isn't to be a stopper.
2: No, I I think he'd be one of the first person, first people to tell you that on this roster.
1: No, and, and it's it's something I've talked about. I talked about him uh, before they went on the, the six game road trip. We talked about this, Brandon. The whole idea of, uh, you know, who whose name is up on the whiteboard when an opponent comes into play the Blazers when they're healthy. Like they're no, not gonna. I mean, yeah. and Ant knows this. He goes, listen, they're mm-hmm. not gonna go at Jeremy. They're not gonna go at Josh. We're not gonna let it be Nurk. And Dame's a vet, and he's strong as hell. So who are they going to go after? They're going to go after me. And and basically what he says was, is like, you can say what you want and and this, that, and the other. When they go back at the video and they look at it, he's not getting killed. Now, can he be better and should he be better in instances? Yes, and he will Mm -hmm. also tell you that. But so will everybody else in the room.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's the... Kind of like figuring out where like this whole pecking. This isn't me like defending Ant. If when if Ant starts like turning into a full on turnstile, getting cooked and not contributing an offense, I'll be the first one to jump out his throat. Like,
2: I I don't know. I I just um, I don't really have much to say to that response about you. You don't highlight other people's deficiencies as much, like. I, I don't know, maybe we don't dive into the numbers of every player in the rotation here, right? But like we're talking about why they are struggling. that is that is the large that's the large percentage of blazer fan right now is talking and saying, well, what's the problem? What's the disconnect? They're not a perfect defensive group. They've got absolute deficiencies. Shaden's falling off defense like we kind of had some hope from him in the beginning and now you're watching Austin Reeves dribble right around him, right? and isn't the strongest defender as you mentioned he's not the worst defender in the world either. Josh is banged up. He gives you something. Jeremy's out there. Like you just have guys that are good and okay and not as great. That's what you're dealing with. To me I I just yeah. I cannot get past like their biggest reason for their struggles is it's the it's the guy they just signed. It's it's the dude they gave 4 years guaranteed to. And 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 look, I know We've talked about what the future holds for that dude. Maybe he's maybe he's not for long. I don't know. I'm not the general manager. But I, I, th- I just kind of feel like when you get a four-year deal, a team is basically telling you there is an expectation with this. And if you're not going to produce as somebody being paid to be, what, right now with everybody banged up, Dame's still not technically back. Nurk's the number three guy right now. He, right, but he's the second highest paid.
1: Third, well, Dame's not playing. Well, Jeremy, Jeremy, and Ant are both.
2: Well, okay, Jeremy touche. I, Jeremy, I Jeremy, Jeremy's current contract. Jeremy's is just yeah, is a just above. Higher. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But still, like he's third. There, there's a
1: pecking order to this. Yeah. Would
2: you say that Ant has been producing?
1: Ant has been producing. Okay. Would, you, would you say Ant, Jeremy is producing? Ant and Jeremy just finished as Player of the Month nominees. Ant averaged twenty-five, five and four. Jeremy yes. averaged twenty, just under twenty-five. Okay. Four, three, one, and one. And they both shot the living hell out of the ball.
2: And their third guy is. It's
1: been. It's been... So
2: that's, that's the point to me. It's not about attacking somebody. It's no. just about being honest about yeah. their situation. They need him to be good right now because they're banged to hell and they don't have a lot of size.
1: You know what? I haven't looked at it. So real quick, let's take a look at where Nurk finished the month of October. So Nurk finished the month of October with 14 and nine, 2.8 assists, 2.7 turnovers. So basically, we'll call it fifteen nine, and then a one to one assist to turnover. Mm-hmm. Problem was, is he shot fifty two percent from the field, fifty two percent of the field. He shot forty four percent from three, on
0: two mm-hmm. attempts,
1: and sixty nine percent nice from the free throw line. Like that's, that's rough, man. When you're big is shooting under fifty five percent, under fifty two percent, yeah when you're considering the looks that he's getting are almost entirely shots at the rim. I, I want to pivot away from Nurk because it feels like this has turned like a, a, a Nurk freaking session. This is a question from Luke Jacket. <laughs>
2: some people some people need that session, man. I,
1: I know, I know. But this is from at Luke Jacket. As fun That's... as the first stretch was, should this stretch erase our optimism about what this team can be when healthy? What do you think? Hmm. Um, you know,
2: I I think if this team is healthy, yeah, you're not getting quite what this is. I think you're having a much different group. I, I, I don't know about top blank in the West, even though the West isn't all that great because there's a lot of middle road teams right now, but yeah, if this team is healthy, this isn't remotely close to who I think they are. I think there's a sweet spot between the incredible start and being whatever they were, the number one seed in the West. And where they're at, but that sweet spot's going to feel a lot better than what you're seeing right now, I can tell you that much. There's no doubt in my mind, especially if you're adding Gary to the equation. At some point, we can finally get Gary in there, and Dame can stay healthy, and you got Ant, and you know, Josh's injuries aren't just going to magically go away. But yeah, I think overall with some of the guys that are scheduled to come back at some point, yeah, it make you feel a lot different than what you're seeing right now.
1: You're seeing a version of this team that has to be perfect right now to win a game. Realistically, with how limited they are. Mm-hmm. They have one player who can dribble pass and shoot in Anfrey Simons. As much as I love Jeremy Grant, you don't want him triggering the offense. And Chauncey, for all of the uh sins being laid at his feet, I thought he's done a pretty tremendous job of of being creative about initiating with Trendon. And for all of the they need to give Shade more responsibility. Like they're giving Shaden the ability to initiate the offense. Mm-hmm. Which, remember the first week of the season, we're like, yeah, he's not ready for that. And I, One of the questions I had was like, put him out there. See what happens. Yeah. And it didn't did look good for a couple times. And then some more practices, some more opportunities, some more work. And like they're letting him trigger the offense a little bit. Let him bring the ball up the floor. Nurk's bringing the ball up the floor. He's working as a trigger man. Like I, I think they've done well in the sense of like adapting to where they can. And I want to highlight this again. Damian Lillard, Gary Payton II, Keon Johnson are all out. Josh Hart was out. That is four of your five primary ball handlers. And I'm not talking about Gary Payton in the sense of, like, he's going to run the offense. But Gary Payton bringing the ball up the floor does not bother you. Like, you are not worried about that. Like, Justice Winslow, when I said the other day that they need a playmaking wing... My whole thought process is: I want Justice Winslow coming off the bench as your kind of your grease guy. Mm-hmm. As he with Justice Winslow starting, you're having to have two non shooters out there in Justice and Nurk, and you're already limited on what you can do. And uh, this whole idea of Nurk shooting threes, but opponents are not going to care about Nurk shooting threes for three years. Right. They need they need more juice there. They need a floor-stretching big man. They need the ability to play big, but also at least four out. With Josh Hart, I don't... At first, I thought Josh, there was something wrong with Josh. Like, he was just being hesitant, maybe working his way in. I looked at it. He's just not taking threes now. Like, that's a that's a problem that we, we can kind of go down that road later. But I, think I think he's just
2: lost some confidence with it.
1: I think that's part of it, but, like, there's... He's just not shooting at all. It's super weird. Um, And for everybody asking, I'll run through it again here with with a quick injury update. I don't know about Gary. I've been told that he's been cleared to go physically. He's just got to kind of work through some uncomfortable stuff. Um, How that gets there, I don't know. Nas is still a day-to-day. they got to figure out where he's at. Um, I talked to him uh, after he got hurt the other night against the Clippers. It was a bit of a scare, and he said it did hurt like hell. Mm -hmm. And he said, listen, man. After When I hurt my shoulder, I thought that night I was okay. You know, we have to wait and see where I'm at in the morning. The fact that he didn't go, I wouldn't say that's a problem, but it's a it's it's not end of the world because they didn't have it announced like an MRI, like, we're a little worried about it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's picking up a hit pointer or a hip strain when Keon has a hit pointer, and again, I talked to Keon th- four nights ago, whatever it was when I first got back. Um, he said he's a couple weeks out. That happened in practice. He got undercut and boom, landed on his hip. Hip pointers take a long time to heal. Okay. Uh, Dame wants to come back on the Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Barring any setbacks. Listen, that could, as much as like Chris Haynes saying that, folks, Dame told him that. But that doesn't mean the organization is going to let him come back that day.
2: No, I think they've been willing to say, like, straight up, like, bro, I know no. you do play, but no.
1: And this could be very much Dame trying to throw down the gauntlet, because remember the last time he came back, he wanted to come back the game before. Yeah. So we don't know when exactly Dame's going to come back. So Hart's ankles are beat to hell, like black and blue and awful, okay? Dame's calf is an issue. Keon's hip is an issue. Nas's hip is an issue. Um
2: justice has bad ankles.
1: Justice has bad ankles. Ant has a bad foot. Nurk's been dealing with a quad.
2: Shaden's playing with a F. Shaden's finger. got a
1: broken finger that's not going to heal until the yeah. end of the season. Yep. Like this team is beat to hell. Mm-hmm. They need these days off horribly.
2: Well, it's huge for him. You get a couple days. And then after that Sunday game, they get the three get, days what, off three days off, which I, is going to be massive.
1: Listen, I genuinely believe like they, they Chauncey wants practices, but I, I think
2: he's just going to, I think he's going to let
1: those guys rest. I just re, don't even do anything. One of the things we talked to Joe about. Yeah. Like, which, which do you prefer? And he said, I'm much more a rest guy. Yes. And in season getting three days straight off. Like that's they, they need the rest.
2: If anybody understands it's Chauncey, he went through that stuff, man.
1: Yes. Um, and I, this kind of feeds into this question that I was just, just going to ask. This is from John Thorpe at Thorpe Theory. Given the mounting losses, do you think we see a shift in how they handle Dame and GP's uh, inj- injuries? Do they become less or more conservative? Here's the thing about this organization and the way Chauncey and Joe sees things, see things. I don't think that they are going to adjust based on anything, and particularly this season. Because I think they're just looking at this season as a measuring stick. Mm-hmm. They are not going to force the action one way or another more or less conservative with how they handle things. I think this is kind of, this is how they're going to handle things. And if anything, they're going to err on the side of caution more than not.
2: Well, I, I think the other part of this too is like, remember they started the year off. They were, they got hurt right away. And, you know, a couple games where dudes were sitting and they ended up winning some of those games. I, I know they fit the skids a little bit here, but we went through the next 11. We'll see how wrong or right I am. I have them seven and four. You have them six and five. We'll see. Maybe they will be 500-ish, uh, like, you know, one game above, one game below, maybe a couple games below. We don't know, but I, I don't think that they're going to feel pressed to suddenly go, well, we didn't win all 11, so we're tanking. I I, I think they're just going to play this as smart as you possibly can. I don't think they're going to rush GP back, and we'll see what they are the next Eleven games going into Christmas because overall, like you want a healthy Gary more than you don't want a healthy Gary. You've mentioned the schedule on the back end. That's something to not forget. Here is teams will get worse and worse and worse and worse, and they will eventually lean even heavier into the well, win the- by Nyama sweepstakes. Po- post
1: All Star break, you were going to see some teams steer into some skids. Listen, you're already seeing Utah do it.
2: Oh, Utah's come down from their high. I mean, they, they, they. I mean, they're no different than Portland, right? No. They, those were the two. Like, what the hell? And San Portland, Antonio went, whoa, they, they went straight sideways. Dude, San Antonio was just like, yo, we're good. And then it was like, really? And they're like, no, no, we're, we're just were kidding. Actually really bad. <laughs> just a joke. Uh, but no, I, to answer that question, I I don't think this is going to change anything at all. Not at
1: all. Um, Corey says, how much do the mounting losses affect Jeremy walking in free agency? I, uh, my worry scale on Jeremy Grant leaving on a, zero, on a zero to 100 is a one. I do not believe Jeremy Grant is going anywhere. Jeremy, the bag is coming. <laughs> Jeremy's going to get paid. <laughs> yes, Jeremy has a great relationship with Dame. Yep. Jeremy's playing the best basketball of his career.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's playing, um, one of the things that was important for Jeremy. And this part of the reason why he left Denver, Jeremy wanted to play for a black coach. Like that matters to him.
2: Oh, but that I, I didn't know that was a thing for no, him. No,
1: that was a thing for him. Good for him. Yeah. That's part of the reason why coming to Portland was on the table. The Blazers have Chauncey. All those things all line up. I don't think there's a world that exists where Jeremy Grant right now is Anywhere close to leaving Portland.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If if the Trailblazers were worried about Jeremy Grant leaving, he would not be on this team post-trade deadline. There is no way in hell, if they had an inkling that he might be gone, this is not uh, Neil Olshay with LaMarcus Aldridge. Right. Jeremy Grant would be traded at the trade deadline. If things got that bad where they were worried about it, not a chance. They'd be out of there. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it. I, I genuinely wouldn't. But, Corey, it's a good question. I, it's one I probably should have answered a while ago. Um, I've ha- I've gotten that from a few different people, and I've kind of put it to the side because it's been a little while. Uh, with I, that em-
2: I, I th- I in mind. I just want to add real quick to, to Corey's point. I think you're alluding to this. I just don't know if you've quite said it. Mm. This is kind of how the league works. Yeah. Guys want to be somewhere. The team wants them. Team they're with is like, we get it. You figure out the deal. You get what you want. Everybody wins. Team that trades you is like, hey, that team's really nice to players. Guy goes where he wants. Franchise says, hey, thank you for coming here. Here's the bag. Mm-hmm. It works for everybody. And so I think that you just, that's kind of how the NBA operates yes. in a lot of ways, especially with these agencies.
1: Yes, 100%. Um, not only that, he might end up being an all-star here.
2: This, the, the way he's playing kind of right season, now, man. like, yeah, yeah. If, he keeps, stuff. if
1: he keeps this up, he's, he's an all-star in the West.
2: There's As, no doubt about it. Yeah.
1: Like he's, he's been that good. Yep. Um, 300%. So I, all of those things all in, in, in the line. I not something I'm worried about. Um, uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're running a little long here, but I want to get to this. Oh. Yeah. Um, December 15th. First day that all the guys that sign new contracts are eligible traded. Nurk is not eligible to be traded until January 15th. So everybody who's, because he was resigned using bird rights, he's not eligible to be traded until January 15th. So nothing will happen with him until then. So for everybody, one way or the other, that's where this is going to go. Now, could the Blazers make a smaller move in the meantime to reinforce their front court? They could. Come what December eighteenth, you're you're two months into the season, and what did Joe say, Brandon, when we had him on? I want to give this at least you know a a good GM would give this at least a month. I want he wants to really die. and and I want to give it two months. But they're they're going to make moves, without a doubt. Listen, say what you want, whatever side of the fence you fall on, as far as what moves Joe Cronin and his staff has made. Joe is aggressive. He did more in the six months than Neil did in in almost 10 years. For all of the talking that Neil did about making big moves, Joe did two massive moves that Neil could and would never do. was trading CJ and bringing in a premier wing. Yeah. And so far, the returns on both have been tremendous.
2: I mean, Dame's already come out how many times and said, I haven't had a four like this ever.
1: No. Like, he's, he's the only other player Dame has played with like Jeremy is LaMarcus. That's it. Yes.
2: And he's not the same player.
1: No. So that's where you ultimately end up. Yep. Um, we'll, we'll get out of here on that. So thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Listen, I, I want to get back to where this is more fun. and We're not beating up on guys. So one of the things I'm going to do... I, I didn't think we were beating up on guys, man. I'm not apologizing for this. No, no. I, I think we're a...
2: addressing the obvious new woes that are going on yes, right now with this team.
1: I'm saying I want to have... One of the things I've always said is, when there's good things to talk about, I'll talk about good things. When there are bad things to talk about, I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm never going to shy away from them. But I want to get back to, hopefully, them getting healthy and, and having more positive things to talk about. But one of the things I'm going to do over the next couple of days, um, because the Blazers do have some, some time off, is that um, I'm going to dive into the defensive stuff. And I'm going to highlight where Ant has been good or bad. I'm going to highlight where Josh and Justice have been good or bad. Highlight where Nurk has been good or bad. And kind of show you what I'm seeing. And dive into some of that stuff as far as good, bad, and the ugly. And then Mm -hmm. more than that, more than calling out what's good or bad, I want to have a discussion in this video based on, I want to help people be smarter in the sense of sometimes you can do everything right and an opponent can beat you. And I want people to understand and watch the game and watch film differently in the sense of process matters more than results over 82 games. Sometimes dudes just hit shots and -hmm. it's okay. And to say, this guy cooked this guy. No, sometimes guys just make a play. And I I I want us to be smarter about how we watch stuff. So I'm going to reach out to a few people as well over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try and get uh, Steve Jones or Nakias on to come and kind of oh. dive into some stuff.
2: Man, um, talk about breaking things down.
1: Listen, S- Steve Jones is, uh, is is a friend. He uh, he actually grew up with my wife, um, so there's there's uh, and he's he's obviously got ties here and he owes me. So I'm going to see if I can a little get him. snapper. Yep, I'm going to see if I can get him to come yeah. on. He was a, and he he was assistant coach and he was a video guy. Yeah. So yep. I, I want to see Coaching kind the
2: NBA of and Arizona state
1: get into it. So, mm-hmm. um, but we'll just kind of, we'll go beyond that. Cause I want, I want people to understand what, what we're watching, why we're watching and why it matters. Um, we do still have some more guests scheduled to come on. I'm still waiting to hear back. Um, and I'm hoping that post all-star break, we will ha- be able to have Joe come on again. That was one of the things we talked about. When we had him on was having come back in, uh, kind of evaluate where things went. So, um, we'll get some stuff coming. We're, we're, we're cooking with gas. Also, uh Casey, Travis, and Brooke will all be on over the next couple of weeks, either oh before, great before Christmas or after Christmas. Yeah, uh, on the sixth, ge- the road trip actually works out better for those guys because uh they don't have a ton to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Joey says, "Get the Jezzer. Listen, Jes Jezz said he'd be more than happy to come back on pretty much any time. So <laughs> we we can we, we can reach back out to Corey and have him come on. Uh, but uh, again. I, I want to, I, one of the things that I love or that I really want to make sure that we highlight is that we collectively as a community, as a fan base, we're getting smarter and more educated about what we do. And I have failed in keeping up with that. I did a lot of the breakdown videos over, over the last couple of years, just with everything else, it's been a pain in the butt for, um, for me to keep up with. But now that things are kind of settling in and things are where they are, um, I want to focus more on that. Uh, Fun P says, "Is he really the Snapper's son?" Yes, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's Steve Jones Jr. Yep, yeah, no, he he is the son of Steve Snapper Jones. Um, so yeah, well, we'll get out of here on that again. Like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. Um, share us with your friends, share it with your family. Like I said, I've got an autograph basketball here. If you if we get to five thousand by the end of the year, I will give I will give it away. It is a sweet, 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 juicy autograph basketball that will look good in any man or woman cave. It will look good in a person cave. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, like, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. You can find us on social media at Danny Maring, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's. You can email the show, Ramses at gmail.com. Uh, I've gotten a bunch of questions, um, people DMing the Jack Ramsey's account. I'll be honest, guys. I don't check that nearly as oh. often as my own account. You can tweet at the Jack Ramsey's account. Don't DM the Jack Ramsey's account because I... I in an order of priority, remember, I run the 1080 social account. I have yes. to manage that on across all social brands. That is like part of my job. And yep. so I manage that, and then I manage my own personal stuff. I don't check the Jack Ramsey's DMs all that often. Yeah. So don't DM that one. If you're going to DM anybody, DM my personal account. then Because those I do check at least once a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, thank you guys so very much. Uh, remember, you can uh, watch or listen to uh, you can watch Brandon and I soon. That's that's coming up. We the cameras are getting installed in the 1080 studio, and no, I'm not kidding. We will be live streaming, and you'll be able to uh, harass and harangue us in our studios, <laughs> uh, whether it's on YouTube or Twitch. We're still kind of working through it. Trying to uh, figure that one out. Yep, that's sex. I got a meeting next week about that. So. <laughs> um, but you can listen to Brandon and uh, his co-host, Andy Dirt Johnson, and the glorious, glorious Beaver talk uh, heading into bowl season. No more Sun Bowls, baby. Uh, <laughs> from 6 to 9 in the morning to any of the fan. You can find me and my co-host, Dusty Hera, noon to 3, uh, where I will be um, just the most obnoxious USC fan you will oh ever see. Oh, my God.
2: Especially if they win tomorrow.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise be. <laughs> They're back. they um, <laughs> Listen, I I will probably run – well, not run. I will lightly meander through the streets of of Newburgh half-naked if USC goes on and wins that game tomorrow night. Uh, Again, uh, thank you all so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, Go Blazers. Do all that stuff. Um, Hopefully we've got some more more fun to talk about. And uh, we'll catch you guys – let's see, what? Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Uh, And until then, take care. Uh, Oh, sorry, we have the watch party for the Utah Jazz as well. So uh, I'll put the link up for that before the game on Saturday. Uh, Other than that, take care, everybody. Have a wonderful night, and uh, talk.